But realistically, a lot of people will spend time to go and build these things and they don't get used. So using data and measuring engagement across all of these tools and services can give you an idea of how many people want them. And secondly, how are they being used? And that can then influence whether you clean up those experiences or you don't. But often less is more. And that can often be a better way to, to, to simplify these kind of experiences. Welcome to Unmiss, your go-to digital marketing hub. I'm Anatoly Ulatovsky here with expert tips and exclusive chats to boost your online game. Let's get started. Hello, good people. Welcome to our show. Hello, bad people. Welcome to our show. I don't care, good, bad. I care only about value that you can learn from this podcast. And today we are going to discuss more about e-commerce secrets, how you can increase your sales to get results and many other things. I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Luke Carty. How are you? I'm really good. Loving the energy, Anatoly, as well. It's wonderful. It's infectious, man. But yeah, I'm really good. Really, really good. Can't wait to get stuck in. Yeah, I think without energy, it's hard to get results, even if you have skills, <laughs> you know. Uh, and <laughs> I remember one great advice about entrepreneurs, uh, entrepreneurship that it's better to have energy than skills. You know, you can have skills, but without energy, you can't go ahead. You can lose many times, but if you wanna succeed, you can start again one more time to learn from your mistakes, to go ahead, and it's energy. In marketing, it's very important. Look, before we start, just tell more about yourself, experience, background, and anything that can help our listeners to learn more about you. Yeah, absolutely. So I have been obsessed and in the world of e-com for God, so many years, to be honest. I think I started at 16, um, selling on eBay, uh, with accessories and it, I just kind of got the bug from there as I was in school at the time um, or at least in education and I've kind of moved forward you know kind of now at a point where I work with with brands with founders uh, with startups with established kind of boutique companies effectively all on the same mission which is of course to increase revenue to lower costs to make things more efficient to hire the right team and naturally to get more money in the bank so I'm obsessed with e-commerce strategy e-commerce growth site search, SEO, analytics, um, overall strategy, and then blending them all together. So yeah, that's a bit about me. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Love it, love it. Uh, look, I want to start from creating the right strategy. I think everyone, everything starts from the right strategy. And many companies still do a lot of mistakes by creating strategy. And many companies ignore uh, writing down strategies uh, according to marketing institute that uh, only uh, less than 50 percent of companies can document their strategies but even if someone can write it doesn't mean it's the right strategy because i see when uh, people are chasing volume not sales you know i don't care about traffic i don't care about likes comments if i can't sell <laughs> so it's better to get less but quality so look can you tell how to do it we have a lot of great tools ihrf samrush google keyword planner uber suggest name them many great tools but how to find keywords that it's possible to get results <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So I think strategy is a really big word, isn't it? Like um, strategy in the sense of what product, what you should be selling into who, and then I guess you've got a more 
nuanced version or equivalent of strategy, which is from an organic and, and, and traffic and acquisition perspective. So for all intents and purposes, I guess we'll keep it relatively simple and talk about acquisition and traffic. And I think one of the biggest tools that I love to use um, to kind of get the juicy flow and to give me some inspiration, um, you know, there's SEMrush is, is great. Hrefs is good. They're all, uh, you know, tools that are out there. Um, and I think the beautiful thing about those is, and what normally happens is people go in and chase the keywords with the most volume, ambiguous, top level, broad. So let's say, for example, we were a retailer that are selling, um, let's say, trainers, right? And I think, or sneakers, depending on where you are in the world. And lots of people will have these dreams and ambitions of, of ranking on page one for queries like men's trainers or just trainers holistically or running shoes or whatever, right? They are attractive in terms of the volume, but naturally, when we think about conversion and performance, these are rarely the keywords that drive revenue. Um, but yes, to kind of go back and, and think about tools that work best um, to kind of give you something to start from, I really like Spark Toro. Um, people may have heard of it, Rand Fishkin's tool, XMAS founder, and it's a great way to understand this sort of language that your potential customers are using, where they hang out, <clears throat> excuse me, um, the kind of resources they take on to so the podcasts they listen to, the questions that they have, the tweets that they send, um, the websites that they subscribe to, and that can give you an idea of getting into the mindset of your customer. But of course, that is probably a way of thinking about things, probably more from the agency side. If you're in a situation where you, you're thinking of selling something as, a, as an independent, you know, you're building a brand and you don't really understand what your customers are searching for, that's a bit of a worry, right? Because you should know really who your customer is and what you should be targeting. But I think that the kind of key point to mention here is think about long tail keywords that maybe don't have, you know, tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of searches a month, but have small amounts of volume because they're much easier to rank for. They're much better converting. They're more prescriptive. They're more detailed in that sort of thing. Yeah, and uh, I remember when we uh, created two tools uh, for uh, one project, uh, simple tools, online calculators uh, with zero volume. All <laughs> tools uh, have zero volume, but traffic is good, it's really good, sales are awesome, and sometimes even you can uh, touch zero volume keywords if you know that your niche uh, needs something like this. Uh, look, I want to ask about content marketing. I remember Seth Godin said that content marketing is one marketing left. Uh, but today, if we speak about SEO, we have chatbots, uh, ChatGPT, Bar, uh, other bots, uh, and um, I disagree when someone can tell chatbots can't replace Google because um, I ask long questions on chatbots. For example, I decided to buy Tesla and uh, I ask this question on Google. Can I use autopilot in Florida? Mm -hmm. uh, and Google shares a lot of articles. I spent some time to find the answer to my question, but I uh, ask the same question on Bart and I got answer for a few seconds. Uh, and it's only one example. I often ask long questions on chats because I can get much faster. On Google, I need to search to learn content that I don't need at all. 
Uh, I need to direct reply to my answer. What do you think about content marketing in the future? If Chats can take our content, rewrite to give faster results to users, what kind of future will be? Because many companies pay attention to blog content. Blog content still brings a lot of traffic, uh, uh, more than any other content online. So, your thoughts about that? Yeah, I, I absolutely hear you. I think a really cool and uh, relevant case study and example right now is the fiasco with Stack Overflow, right? The uh, the ally and website that I've certainly used in the past and many developers and people in tech will, will go away and Google and click a link and read and, you know, see what people have said in the comments, copy and paste some code and you fix your problem. Um, but the, the point I guess I'm trying to make is Stack Overflow's traffic has been eroding at an aggressive rate since the the onslaught of, of chatbots and ChatGPT and Bard and, you know, Dale with image generation and everything else. It's, it's um, it's pressing and i think the way that things are going is you're absolutely right if you've got a particular and specific uh an individual query um then going to a tool is definitely going to give you in most cases there's always exceptions a better more comprehensive answer um than going to to, to search engines um so it is a worry but i think the problem that we have here is this is really going to begin to impact the quality of keyword data right so if if us as users and if people who are search engine users are now going to these chatbots to search for things, then what does that do to the quality and relevance of our keyword insights, right? Whether we're going to um, Google Ads uh, and using the keyword planner tool there, whether we're kind of going to our favorite SEO tools, that's naturally going to be less accurate than it was before because we've got other routes to kind of search these queries for. But um, I think they're progressive. I think it's important. I think search engines need to change. And I think the conversation around how we search for things is going to change. TikTok is doing the same. It's a complete segue from the topic. But um, equally, if I want to find somewhere to eat and I'm in a new area, I'm visiting a new country, I've gone to a new town, I'll go on TikTok and I'll search for where I am. And I normally find a great review or some great feedback. Wow. I see the menu. Well, normally what we used to do is type in a restaurant in or restaurants near me in Google. You'd see a bunch of local, the local pack and a bunch of listings. You click, you see reviews, you see some static images. But now I go into TikTok and I can see people watch, eating the food. I can see the restaurant. There's people doing tours. There's people comparing it against their local restaurants. Maybe there's places actually that are nowhere near Google, but have incredible food. And these are the spots that I want to go out and find. So that's a long-winded answer to saying that chatbots um, are incredibly powerful. And it kind of makes it difficult to understand how it's going to influence uh, us as SEOs going forward. Mm -hmm. You know, I think ChatGPT can uh, launch own keyword research tools uh, that can beat existing tools mm -hmm. like Answer the Public, like many other tools, because uh, today uh, ChatGPT can get a lot of questions and why not to create this tool, you know, it will be so helpful for marketers. Um, and you remind me a story with my son. Uh, once he asked me a hard question, I didn't have the answer, and I told him, uh, search on Google. And what he did, he searched on TikTok <laughs> to, to find the answer to this question. He doesn't care about Google. <laughs> he, he loves TikTok. So yeah, TikTok is a new search engine as well, <laughs> like YouTube. Uh, yeah. I want to ask about uh, information that I found on your LinkedIn profile in the, in the section about um, how you uh, increase sales by 
30k pounds a week uh, by fixing UX. I think UX is very important. Um, it's not like many years ago. I completely ignore UX for many projects. Uh, but today we spend more time with UX than with the rest content. Uh, if you can retain audience, if you can satisfy them, you can have high bounce rate, uh, dwell time. So it's not good. So tell how you did it, you know, share the story. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so this was back when I worked um, for a client in the space of pharmaceutical uh, over here in the UK. And naturally you can imagine healthcare pharmaceuticals um, typically has, or at least in this time at this space, uh, more mature demographic by age than, than typical kind of e-commerce at the time. So we used to do things like repeat prescriptions, um, uh, acute medications and so on. And they would of course be delivered to people's front doors who were immobile or just didn't want to go out or, you know, for the convenience. Um, now the, the story goes, uh, we constantly for like, I was there for about two years and we constantly had a problem where customers would call and say, look, I've got money on my account. I've got money on my card. Um, I've, I've just, you know, been to Asda, I've checked the balance. Everything's fine. I've been to the supermarket. Uh, but it's not working. Like I've tried to pay, it's not working. And then customer services would say, I'm sorry, let me pass your complaint onto uh, the web dev team and then investigate the issue. Uh, the web dev team would investigate the issue. There's nothing wrong for, as far as their perspective is concerned. They close the ticket and the loop just goes on and on and on. And this, I was there for two years. This happened for about six months in the time I was there. Um, so, of course, this was a problem. We knew it was custom if there's 10 customers that call the business to say there's a problem, there's probably a hundred who just thought, forget it, I'm going to go somewhere else. Um, so we knew the concern wasn't technical because even I tried it, I tested it, put in a demo, a card number, everything went through fine. Um, so what I did is I ran some analytics on uh, the checkout. And what I mean by that is everyone is obsessed with analytics data in the sense of how many people did this? What's the percentage of people exiting? What is the revenue we had? And these are all indicators kpis by name indicators um but they, they don't have context they don't tell you what to fix or what the problem is it just tells you that there's a problem so for me to really understand how the checkout is performing i want to measure everything that is tangible within the checkout error messages field validation things that were popping up that shouldn't be there um so rather than just seeing people go you know uh 100% of checkout entries here at stage one, then it drops to 30% at stage two, then 7% at stage three, and, and so on. That doesn't help me. That's just an illustration. Long story short, after capturing all these custom analytics, I found the problem. And the problem was an error message on the card payment page. So when customers were entering their card number, um, we the customers were seeing an error message that said, error, a four-number code, please call customer services on this number and that's of course that's what they were doing i saw that problem realized it was losing about thirty thousand pounds um uh i think it was a week or maybe a month but you know a particular sum of money i changed that copy googled the error message realized actually all that's trying to say is invalid card number so customers again older more uh, mature than maybe uh, other people who were shopping online this was way before the times of apple pay and google pay so that kind of was out the window by changing that error message from error XYZ, please call customer services to invalid card number, please check your card number and retry, immediate uplift. And I guess the point here is we always, as SEOs, always think about technical 
what you always think about is the problem there. Let's go look into analytics. And sometimes it can be the simplest thing to find. But changing that really transformed how well uh, the checkout performed. Yeah, I think bug testing is part of the process today. You know, we need to uh, test bugs. And yeah, I remember we lost like plus 100K because mm -hmm. of errors uh, that appealed like a few weeks before. We didn't know about them. So we lost this money, yeah, good money. But uh, yeah, uh, after that, we hired back experts who can check, you know, content daily. Uh, Luke, I want to ask about uh, UX uh, one more question. Uh, for example, let me share a few examples. Uh, once um, I help one game to get traffic, uh, popular online game. And uh, when I decided to make UX audit, uh, I found that many buttons are like hidden. Now it's hard to find them. Uh, yeah. And I gave this advice to client. We need to do something like orange uh, to change color or to increase the button. And he replied to me, no, we don't need to do it because it can take attention from the main product game. Uh, users don't need it. It's only for advanced users, and advanced users always will find such buttons. <laughs> uh, the second example uh, was about trading niche, and I also uh, check content, and uh, we provided a new design, nice looking design, great design, but uh, the reply was similar, like. Uh, if we have this design, it can steal attention from the main product. <laughs> uh, can you tell how to find this balance between simplicity and understanding your audience? Because some elements we don't need to show to users. Uh, advanced users might find them, but uh, non-advanced, like 87% don't need such settings. And we, I often see in uh, multifunctional tools, uh, hidden buttons, something like this. So, Tell your tips how to do it. <laughs> yeah, it's a really good question. I think there's a, a perfect example out there. I don't know if uh, any of the, the, the watchers or listeners are a fan of Kodi. Kodi being the, the media software. Um, one of the biggest challenges that they have is that you have three levels of settings. You've got basic, I think you've got intermediate, and then expert. And you have to kind of go to a certain spot to enable the expert side of things. Um, I think in these situations, particularly in, in e-commerce, it's really a case of understanding how many of your users are going to be advanced, how many are basic, and how many are going to be intermediate. And that's that's a difficult one to get right. But what I would say, and it's easier said than done, however, is everything for everybody should be simple, right? So I guess my thinking here is driving, right, as a, as a thing that we all, also, a lot of us do, um, is something that is now kind of a lot more complicated than it was maybe 20 years ago. Sat nav, distractions, big screens, auto wipers, you know, self-driving technology, as you mentioned earlier in Florida. Um, things just need to be easy, regardless of what level you are. When you're a racing driver or whether you're a novice, things just need to be accessible and be easy. If you make it easy for everybody, it guess it's easier for everybody, right? I don't think making advanced systems means you have an advanced UX. But of course, everything is fed by data, right? And my point here is, if you're finding that you've got advanced features um, and they're not being used, I think a perfect example of this is like a My Account section. 
normally a lot of clients will say to me, hey, especially in B2B, we should think about having a, uh, a direct integration system. We should think about an order fulfillment. We should think about bulk upload, all these features. But realistically, a lot of people will spend time to go and build these things and they don't get used. Um, so using data and measuring engagement across all of these tools and services can give you an idea of how many people want them and secondly, how are they being used? And that can then influence whether you clean up those experiences uh, or you don't, but often less is more. Um, and that can often be a better way to, to, to simplify these kind of experiences. Yeah, um, I love apple.com, very simple. You know? uh, a few quotes, uh, not hard written sentences, make difference, you know, very simple to consume. Uh, and I wanna ask about uh, aggressive monetization or call to action. For example, uh, I like to read uh, popular blogs like Search Engine Journal. And once I open a new article, I got paid ads in the top, in the bottom, on the right side, and then pop up window <laughs> that <laughs> hide all content. Uh, it doesn't stop me because I like Search Engine Journal. I like all this inside, so I just uh, close this pop up window and um, consume this content. And uh, But I see it's not a good idea for uh, new projects that need to deserve loyal audience to get this authority trust. Search Engine Journal can because uh, people will stick with this content. They know how it's valuable, but not good for new audience might confuse more. So can you tell from your experience how to find this balance between aggressive call to action uh, and uh, sharing value. <laughs> yeah, I think this goes back to the core principle of uh, using your resources, website, blog, products, e-com store, um, as your own customer, right? And I think um, that can really give you an idea because I, I absolutely hear you. There's definitely media sites and publications that I read that are local to me. You load, you know, you load in the websites, ads, there's videos, there's things popping up, and it's it's a sheer frustration, particularly where I have to click continue reading at the bottom of the thing, and it's like now I've got to wait for the page to refresh and load again with the new additional content. It is frustrating, and I guess no brand website uh, publication should be comfortable enough to believe that a bad experience is okay because my brand is so big, right? Um, we've seen many big brands that are historic have fallen over the years as a result of being arrogant and thinking that it would it'd stick um, and not changing with the times. I personally think um, really don't overcomplicate it, right? Um, have a couple of ads. We understand that ads need to happen. YouTube, and this is frustrating as they are for someone who just wants to watch the thing off said I want to watch. Watching 15 seconds of videos is fine. But having something that widely interrupts the experience, it hides the mega menu, I have to change my viewport or it ruins the mobile experience, that is a step too far. Um, talking widely about user experience though, I think one great tool to really, uh, for people to use is something called user feel. And what that basically does is allows random anonymous people to come and have a look at your site, leave some feedback and be critiqueful about what they're seeing. Because I think we're all, we all have our own conscious bias and unconscious bias. And of course, we might look at our new site and think, that's ah, fine, you make a load of money, it's, it's, you know, it is what it is. But other people might be like, look, I'm never going to use this site because the, the experience is so bad. We also have to think about people who are on slower connections, um, 
haven't got necessarily a flagship device and they're working off a small iPhone SE or maybe even an older phone. You've got people who are, have accessibility issues and are partially sighted. They still have a right to access news. So I think being of the opinion that my brand is big enough to allow me to be arrogant is a, is a, is a dangerous stance to take. And accessibility and readability and legibility is important for everybody. So I think there is a balance between ads and content, um, which a lot of brands are getting wrong at the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's better to find this balance. Um, I agree. Because, yeah, um, if I don't stop uh, reading this article, it doesn't mean that others uh, can't because people are impatient. Most people are impatient. They have no time to figure out how to find <laughs> the content, you know. Uh, uh, look, let's talk about AI. You know, it's hard to ignore this topic today. It was simple impossible tomorrow and Jeff Coyle said on my podcast that in the future we will have three companies the first company will uh, develop AI the second implement and the third company will be obsolete who can leave the trade and uh, uh, what they found in marketing I don't know I can't say everyone but almost everyone uses AI in content creation almost everyone but in most niches uh, it's not the same for example I spoke with my brothers and they told me they, they don't use AI in accounting. Uh, and uh, according to data, 25% of occupations only adapt to AI. So 75% still ignore this tool. For me, it's hard to imagine because uh, I think uh, even if you can't get results with AI, it's better to test, to play, to find the right time. Probably this tool is not ready to help everywhere, but it's only beginning of this journey uh, and we see marketers lose jobs content creators lose jobs because of ai uh, and uh, um, i i don't want to share exactly numbers like five percent of people lost jobs because of ai uh, in marketing field um, around this number and uh, in my company we stop cooperating with translators and editors uh, because ai can provide this job much faster uh, and for example if i can save 10k uh, and to get results much faster i i don't want to waste this money you know i don't want to get things done faster uh, and we translate content to different languages like japanese turkish arabic and we, we have great results so even without manual editing so because on ai i can ask please consider mentality of japanese people mm -hmm. um, yeah it works well uh, look can you tell your methods how you use ai and how ai can help you to create high quality content yeah so i am a fan of ai and i'd just like to i guess comment on the point that you've made there are certain verticals where ai is, is still frankly frowned upon and i understand that you i think you mentioned accounting legal i think it's been experimental but i don't think there's anyone at least in my remit that i understand who is kind of bringing it to the courtroom so to speak however ai doesn't have to be literally used in your skill set right like there's still things that ai can do on a basic level and even an intermediate level that can really help so whether that's uh for example you've got a load of receipts and you don't want to kind of sit there and manually enter those take a picture it can categorize them for you and upload them to a spreadsheet. I mean, it might not get it right all the time, but it saved you a, a bunch of time. Uh, and I think when we think about 
high intensity, low skilled work, this is where AI really kind of comes into its own form. But for me personally, I think AI is something that I use to supplement a lot of things that, that, that I do at the moment. So I use a lot of data naturally been in, in, in the analytics space. Um, and although AI doesn't do uh, the analysis for me, of course, I'm still the, the data analyst, I still use that. I use AI to put data in a certain format that might take me an hour and now it's going to take me maybe you know a couple of minutes. So to give you an example, um, I might be in a situation where I have three independent spreadsheets. There's duplicate content in each. There's duplicate queries, and I could go away and write scripts and and, uh, and you know use various tools and, and so on. But actually, I could upload those three documents to Chat uh, GPT, and I can say, look, convert all these search queries to lowercase, remove the duplications, and then total them together. And that's a simple prompt done. Right, it saves me a load of time, but that is a relatively basic thing that ChatGPT has saved me time on. But what I'm not going to do is use ChatGPT to give me cutting edge consulting as to whether a client should do A or B, because that's me, that's my brain, right? But AI still helps me to do certain things. And I guess we've been talking about cars for a while, so we continue the theme. Um, a car can, you know, within its own region, like now new cars can stay in their own lane. They have active cruise control to speed up and slow down. They've got automatic headlights, automatic wipers. These are all monotonous things that we had to do manually when we started driving cars or, you know, it may be been as soon as 10 years before. Now this is all kind of automated for us. And AI is the equivalent of that. Now, of course, AI can, you know, it's another 12 months from now, it could be in every situation. It could be threatening uh, graphic designers and so on and so forth. But I think human element, human skill, human expertise, and just a gut feel, AI cannot replace, right? But it can absolutely save you a lot of time with fractious, tedious, and repetitive tasks. And I think that's why I like to use it in, in the things that I do. Yeah, love it. Valuable. Um, I agree. I think AI can replace someone who ignores AI, you know, because uh, someone who uses AI, they are more productive, uh, mm. more effective, uh, and results are better. But even if you have great skills, AI can help to increase the quality. <laughs> so, yeah, many things we can do with AI. And I, I think we have time before Terminators will kill all human beings. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> so, right now it's better to adapt. When the time will come to fight <laughs> yeah we will <laughs> but today we can't stop the process it's almost impossible uh, a lot of regulations many different governments uh, and yeah it's i think it's possible to stop anyway uh, today ai can help a lot uh, look i want to ask about uh, something that i do a lot uh, I want to ask about mistakes. I made a lot of mistakes, many terrible mistakes, slight mistakes, different mistakes, uh, but I can learn from them. And if I start something new, I always fail, always, mm -hmm. without any exception. For example, I started PR, I learned uh, a lot of articles, information, watch videos, and mm -hmm. I felt, wow, I know how PR works. I can do it. I, I will provide great result. And uh, after writing a bunch of press releases, pitch all of them, I got zero mentions, zero results, nothing. But I learned how it works. I learned how to do it right and how 
outsource great people who can write press releases, who can pitch them. We got mentions on CNN, on Bloomberg, Business Insider, Dow Jones, because we help clients in investor trading niche. Uh, and it works well. Uh, but I never can do it without making mistakes. So can you list mistakes that companies, people can avoid before doing something from your experience? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's one that I've personally done, uh, which I'll talk about. And then there's one that brands keep doing, particularly right now with Black Friday coming around the corner. So the one that I've made, I have launched countless e-commerce sites for clients, uh, including a few of my own. And of course, one mistake that absolutely played me one-on-one -on -one rookie and, you know, ashamed to kind of admit it now, but we are all human. Launched a big retailing site um, for a client uh, in Europe. I forget which country it was in now, but Europe as a, as a collective. Um, and we left the development card uh, portal on, so we didn't switch the uh, the card terminal from Dev Sandbox to Live, which was infuriating. So for the first two hours, we had no sales. Bearing in mind, these guys did about £10,000 every hour. New sites gone live, everyone's panicking. And naturally, what you do is you go and think about the most complicated thing to look at to start. So we looked in analytics, we started looking at server logs, we were wondering if the site was even online. Um, we were just you know, checking all the kind of typical things that we do, but no one ever thought to check the checkout, which is normally what I do all the time, but for some reason just assumed it was taken care of. So yeah, for the first uh, hour, we lost a, a bunch of cash as a result of uh, not switching the development sandbox off for the, uh, for the checkout, which um, is a constant reminder for anyone that's launching things, honestly, start with the basics. Um, big mistake that a lot of people make in the world of e-commerce, um, Black Friday is coming around, um, not building uh, a redirect for the search term on your site search, Black Friday to a page or a category, right? Like no results found. I'll give you a particular example. Um, there is a retailer here in the UK called, at this time of recording at least, and this going out, it may change, um, the Perfume Shop. Um, I'm a massive fan of fragrance myself, so I'm always kind of on their site. Um, if you search for Black Friday now, you get no results found, which I get, I understand Black Friday's not here yet, but more and more people begin to yeah. search for it. It's a bad experience, right? Um, I had Clark's, uh, a shoe retailer uh, here in the UK, big brand, I think they're international, a lot of people know them in the US, and actually the Caribbean, they're a massive brand there as well. Um, if you searched for men's shoes, they've now since fixed this, the first four results you got were four pairs of socks, right? So like, just things like this that are like painfully obvious and painfully embarrassing, but are very, you know, we just forget about it. We're always thinking about the new and shiny stuff. So my kind of to summarize all of that is the basics are often the best places to look and just use things as a customer. So if I'm searching for returns, if I'm searching for customer services, if I'm searching for size guide, don't show me no results, redirect me to the right place. Yeah, yeah awesome, love it. Yeah, great. And uh, once we decided to buy a domain name, uh, accounting.ai, because mm -hmm. uh, we have goals to build accounting AI tools. And I check on GoDaddy, the price was uh, 12K. Uh, and what I did, I asked my team, okay, can we share this money? We discussed. Then in the, in the next day, I check out GoDaddy and the price 1.2 million, uh, <laughs> 1.2 million dollars. <laughs> you know, wow. 
<laughs> so, uh, and you need, you know, uh, I usually check when I want to buy something on GoDaddy, I usually check volume, accounting, AI, volume is not good, but it's uh, because uh, it's not trending now, uh, as right. you mentioned about Black uh, Friday. So, yeah, you uh, it will bring results in Black Friday, not now. So you, you can predict such information. And uh, uh, once I spoke with founder of Copy AI, and he told me that their success uh, because of domain name. Many people search Copy AI. And uh, they got funded like 10 uh, million dollars because, uh, and most results are coming because of great names. So, <laughs> yeah, we lost this chance. That's okay. You know, uh, you can't predict the future, but anyway, it happens. Look, I want to ask about your experience. Um, I have students in my network who are looking for a way how to learn from scratch. I have customers who want to get the basic before hiring experts. Uh, and um, I love to ask this question. Uh, what will you do today if you start from scratch? You have no experience in SEO, in content marketing, in marketing, in e-commerce. Just your first day, what will you do? That's a really good question. So I am someone who learns by doing. I'm not very good at theory, which is why... In my personal opinion, I don't think I did very well at school in topics I didn't enjoy because theory um, in one ear out the other, it doesn't stick. So for me, um, my love of e-com and where I really started my journey was just trying something out. I went to Alibaba, I bought 20 of something for like 100 quid and then I got I set up an eBay account. I started selling stuff and I made mistakes. I put things in the wrong category. I sold for the wrong price. I put the wrong images on. I set the wrong bidding model like all of those things happen but for me it's learning by doing and making mistakes learn fast and or fail fast sorry and learn even faster so for me anyone who wants to really learn seo i think all the theory in the world is great we can all sit here and read all these books about personal training and losing weight and everything else but until you physically kind of get into it you're not going to know what works for you so have a poke around whether it's a squarespace site whether it's a shopify store that's not really live but you're just getting a feel for how to work with the theme how to add products um you know inexpensive try these things ideally free build play around learn html um and just yeah just read ask questions we've got more resources now you know infinitely more resources now than we had sort of 20 years ago leverage that we've spoken about ai search on things how to do that I, for one, don't know regex very well. Sorry, not regex. HT access uh, really well. Regex is something I'm, I'm I'm better with, you know, through again practicing. But uh, ChatGPT has been great at helping me find faults in HT access files, server logs, and things like that. And it's all learning by doing. Um, server logs were something that I hated, and then a client threw me into it, and I had to learn quick. And then, of course, you look and you build and so on. So my advice is. Build a simple site, whether it's a WordPress site, have a read, uh, watch some videos, get stuck in, and just continually rinse and repeat. Um, and also forget about everybody else's success. I think a lot of we we have a lot of uh, comparison, um, you know, drama in the sense of we look at somebody else, we look at someone who's been in the field for 15 years and think, God, I, I can never get to that level. Just think about your own progression and think about, well, last week I didn't even know how how, how hosting worked. And now I've got my own website with a page on and stuff like that. Just think about your own progression. Awesome. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think uh, 
Кристиана Роналда и Лео Месси предпочитают хитать бол тысячу раз в день, чем читать несколько книг, как играть в сокер. Я не знаю, даже если они читают такие книги. Нил Паттл сказал мне в моем подкасте, что он не читает SEO News. Он не имеет времени, потому что он должен работать, чтобы научиться. И вы how all grips web because nobody knows nobody even including google uh, specialists uh, it's a ai algorithm that uh, serves human being and yeah so just learn uh, by doing something i agree i love it love it look and my final question about the future i want to ask you take your crystal ball and let us know What kind of future will be? Because many things are coming. Technologies are growing fast. Apple is going to launch uh, augmented reality with this headset. I don't know how it looks. We will see. But your prediction about the future? Um, yeah, that's a really good question. I think loyalty is going to be the next, I won't say big thing, but it's going to be something that gets a lot of focus and attention right now. So right now we're a marketing world that's obsessed with acquisition, we're obsessed with SEO, we're obsessed with paid, we're obsessed with traffic. And of course, these are all important things. But with the evolution of um, chatbots, search engines, the way that we engage with, with, uh, with digital elements, loyalty is going to be huge, right? And what I mean by that is we're seriously going to think about retention and sweating existing customers a lot harder than we'll think about acquiring new ones. The reason why I say that is if we look at all the supermarkets, at least here in the UK, Tesco, Sainsbury's, uh, who else is there? Even Lidl, who in a million years never thought to have a loyalty program, but they do. They're all creating uh, uh, group and kind of club-specific prices where you go in as a normal shopper, prices are higher. You go in as a, as a member of Tesco Club Card or some kind of community and you get a discount, you get better rewards. Now, this is nothing new we've had rewards and perks and everything else for ages but aggressively in almost every single client i've worked with they always want to push um some sort of loyalty some sort of community and i think that's incredibly important the reason why that is happening in my opinion is because the cost of acquiring a customer uh through other means is way higher so a lot of people are looking at how to once you've got a customer how to keep them versus constantly trying to churn and chase new ones so i think loyalty and investment there is, is going to be massive. Um, I think AI will continue to do its thing. I think BARD is is, is a potentially dangerous. Could it take over the SERPs? Maybe it's going to be an interesting one, but we have to think about this. If Google introduced BARD in a big way, they have to think about their number one revenue maker, which is paid. And I just need to understand how that's going to look and feel and behave. Apple are pushing even more with hiding cookies and tracking and everything else. So again, that falls more to loyalty and how we're going to be able to keep customers uh, and so on. So yeah, I think there's going to be a massive push on loyalty. I think AI is still going to be this force to be reckoned with. It's still too early. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of my estimation to where things are going. Yeah, love it, love it. Awesome estimation. And uh, I think we need to adapt fast whatever happens uh, marketers on tv and radio didn't lose the, their jobs they adapted to digital <laughs> so even if uh, chatbots will steal all traffic online you need to uh, switch attention uh, to places where you can get this traffic it doesn't matter TikTok, uh, augmented reality 
But if you have experience with creating high quality content, you can adapt to any channel uh, with this experience. And AI can steal products, you know. <laughs> AI can steal some attention, of course, but it doesn't matter. Just adapt, move forward and find other channels, you know. Yeah, it, Absolutely. Uh, the industry is great if you adapt faster than your competitors. Look, it's a big pleasure to get in my show. I love it. So valuable. Tell us the best way how to keep learning from you, how to reach out to you, how to follow you. Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me on LinkedIn, uh, LukeCarthy.com, sorry, LinkedIn.com slash in slash LukeCarthy. You can Google me and all my stuff is there. Uh, I'm not so much on Twitter X these days. It's a bit of a dumpster fire at the moment, so I just kind of don't spend that much time. But you can follow me on there. Um, and then my website, yeah, just Google Luke Carthy. You, you will find me uh, there as well. So, yeah, anyone's got any questions and wants to reach out? Nice, right. nice. Yeah, I sent you a LinkedIn connection. I'm going to follow you. I see it's so valuable, guys. I recommend to anyone to follow Luke on LinkedIn because you can see a lot of valuable insights. If you want to become much better marketer, you need to do it. Okay, guys, love you. See you. Thanks for tuning in to Unmiss. Enjoyed the show? Drop us a review on your favorite platform and help us spread the digital marketing wisdom. See you next episode.